Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. It is Wednesday, November 9th, and this is People Every Day. Happy midweek, everybody. This is Janine Rubenstein, and I cannot wait to jump into our show today. We're bringing sexy back. Yep, (laughs) it's still SMA week, and one of my favorite colleagues is here to chat about some of the next generation of sexy men out there and spotlighted in this week's issue. But before that, the new season of The Crown is out drama, but there is some drama surrounding the real royal family right now, and it involves eggs. We'll unscramble that news for you in a sec. Let's get started with today's trending stories. First up, Jennifer Aniston is sharing her personal IVF journey for the very first time in a candid sit-down with Allure magazine, for which she wore an itty-bitty, teeny-weeny Chanel bikini on the cover. The Friends actress-turned-global phenom discussed the ways that women are scrutinized by both the public and the press. She addressed long-ago rumors that she chose her career over having kids with Brad Pitt and said those rumors were always a source of pain for her, especially because the whole time she was trying very hard to have a baby. In the interview, Aniston said, quote, all the years and years and years of speculation, it was really hard. I was going through IVF, drinking Chinese teas, you name it. I was throwing everything at it. But the Dumplin' producer and star went on to say that she has no regrets about the way things worked out. Now 53, she feels better than ever and is excited to embrace the next chapter of her life, come what may. I remember a few years ago in a HuffPost op-ed, she called on other women of any age to do the same, saying, quote, Here's where I come out on this topic. We are complete, with or without a mate, with or without a child. We get to decide for ourselves what is beautiful when it comes to our bodies. That decision is ours and ours alone. A beautiful sentiment from a beautiful woman, both inside and out. Personally, I'm glad my daughter is growing up in a world where role models like Jen, forever my Rachel, exist. On a more somber note, yesterday we learned that Brittany Griner is being transferred to a Russian penal colony. In an exclusive interview with People, Sarah Kravonik, who's an American woman who just finished serving almost a year in a Russian penal colony following a domestic dispute, shared insight into what may be in store for the WNBA star. Kravonik spoke of bullying by her fellow inmates, mistreatment from prison guards, and lack of access to communication. She told us, quote, I was only able to trick one guard to let me use the phone when I was in the sick bay. I managed to get through to the embassy and told them where I was, but the connection was really bad. And then prison guards realized who I was calling and the connection dropped. Kravonik has been transferred to a holding cell while she navigates the deportation process. The White House is continuing to negotiate with Russia to bring Brittany home. However, for the time being, both women remain in Russia. Griner's agent commented on the recent news saying, quote, as we work through this very difficult phase of not knowing exactly where BG is or how she is doing, we ask for the public's support in continuing to write letters and express their love and care for her. Absolutely heartbreaking, and we will, of course, continue to keep expressing our love and care for Brittany through our coverage and keeping you all updated as this story develops. 
And now for some couture controversy. By now, you've probably already heard about Rihanna's Savage X Fenty fashion show, which is currently streaming on Amazon Prime. The show, which combines music, dance, and of course, fashion, features a star-studded lineup that includes Cara Delevingne, Simu Liu, and supermodel Precious Lee. But one star who was featured did receive some internet backlash. I am, of course, talking about Johnny Depp. Depp, who appears for about 60 seconds in the 40-minute show, wearing a khaki green ensemble, has been in the news a lot this year, of course, for the defamation case he won against ex-wife Amber Heard. As a reminder, she publicly accused him of domestic abuse and he sued her, resulting in a highly publicized trial in which Depp was criticized for, among other things, eating gummy bears in court. Though Depp may have won his trial, the internet backlash from Heard's supporters was swift, with many of them calling for his cancellation. And now that backlash is coming down on Rihanna a little bit as well. As commenters have noted, Rihanna is a domestic abuse survivor herself. Many on the internet are saying she should have known better than to feature Depp in her show. Others are merely saying that his inclusion overshadows everything else. In any case, Rihanna has yet to comment, and we're all eagerly refreshing our social media pages to see what she has to say on this matter, if anything. She usually doesn't mince words. And on the topic of controversy, the royals might have some PR to do after everyone watches season five of The Crown. In light of the events of the last 12 months, perhaps I have more to reflect on than most. You didn't think we'd let this week go by without an update on the royals, did you? That clip you just heard was from season five of The Crown, which drops on Netflix today. This season is a juicy one. It dives into the queen's Ennis Horribilis, which is Latin for horrible year. It was the year a devastating fire destroyed parts of Windsor Castle, and three out of her four children separated from their spouses. Of course, one of those children was King Charles, who divorced his then-wife, Princess Diana. The Crown, as we know, is a historical fiction with some added drama, and we're about to break down what stories depicted are true or false. And yeah, there will be a couple spoilers ahead. But even before that, we've got to explain some present-day drama that's literally being hurled at the royal family. So joining me now to discuss it all is People's Senior Editor, Aaron Hill. Hey, Aaron, welcome back to the show. Hi, Janine. Thanks for having me. First things first, it was just today. King Charles and, and Queen Camilla were in York and they had eggs thrown at them? Like, what? Yes, this is a a quintessential British protest moment in action. We're seeing the king and queen greeting locals in York on a walkabout when suddenly several eggs are hurled their way, landing just inches from King Charles's feet. And he, in a very monarch moment, just appeared totally unfazed. Camilla kind of seemed a little concerned at first, but the, the protester reportedly called out this country was built on the blood of slaves and he was detained by four police officers officers, and it all kind of dissipated very quickly. A lot of people in the crowd then started shouting, God save the king, and hip hip hooray for Charles, and the man was apprehended. Wow, but no egg on his face, right? I had to say it. Let's get to the fake stuff. In the first episode of The Crown this season, viewers will see Prince Charles have a secret meeting with Prime Minister John Major to discuss Queen Elizabeth abdicating the throne. That seems pretty out there. We all know how much Queen Elizabeth valued her role as monarch. So did this meeting happen? Is that true? 
So this meeting didn't actually take place between Charles and John Major, but what this scene really reflects is the attitude at the time. There were a lot of polls in the media at the time of should the queen abdicate in favor of Charles? And it was actually in favor of her doing so. And, and that definitely came across Charles's office. There were a lot of eyes on that, a lot of intrigue and interest. But we've also heard from Princess Diana's former private secretary, Patrick Jepson, who said that a conversation did indeed take place, but it wasn't with Prime Minister John Major, but with a previous prime minister. Let's talk about another moment that viewers will be very interested in. As royal followers know, Princess Diana worked closely with writer Andrew Morton on the book Diana, Her True Story, in her own words. And the book really dives into how unhappy she was in her marriage and in royal life, as depicted in Spencer. Is it true that Prince Philip warned Diana to not write the book with Andrew? This was a bombshell book that came out. And years later, we learned Diana worked with Andrew Morton on this book. It was truly, in her own words, her talking about intimate details of her royal life. And so when this scene plays out in in The Crown, you see Prince Philip summoning her to the palace to warn her not to speak out against the royal family. And while this scene probably didn't take place between Philip and Diana in in this way, the sentiments are are really spot on because they did have a, a close relationship So there was this book, and there was also the infamous Panorama interview Princess Diana did, where she publicly went into detail about her marriage to Prince Charles. Is it true that Diana told Queen Elizabeth about the interview ahead of time? So no, but the Queen was informed by someone else. So according to, again, Patrick Jepson, Diana's private secretary, Diana couldn't summon the courage at the time to go face the Queen, which of course, this is that bombshell interview where she said things like, there are three of us in this marriage, it's a bit crowded, and really went into intimate details about Charles's affair, their marriage. And actually, this is the interview that led to the Queen granting Charles and Diana permission to divorce. Once this interview came out, everything changed and she had to go. Yep. Well, when it became public that King Charles and Queen Camilla were together, they got a lot of bad press, putting it mildly, right? So to help clean up her public image, is it true that Camilla worked with a PR agency? Yes. She and Charles did work very hard in rehabilitating Camilla's image. He'd employed Mark Boland as deputy private secretary. And you see him in the season as this PR guru who kind of makes all the right moves and all the right advice to really help them as a couple and to help gain acceptance in the public eye for Camilla. So after her split from King Charles, Princess Diana dated Dodi Al-Fayed up until her tragic death, of course. So is it true that there was some overlap that Dodie was engaged to another woman when he started dating Princess Diana? Yeah, so this is going to play out even more in season six. But by the end of season five, we get a little glimpse into the beginnings of Dodie and Diana and how that all came about. And allegedly, yes, that he was engaged to this American model, actually. Her name's Kelly Fisher. And so she famously spoke out on the news, um, did a lot of press and saying she was engaged to him. They had planned to marry, had a date actually set. So that's going to play out even more in season six, but it's definitely a juicy plot line that we are seeing kind of just get started in this season. Ah, the drama. 
real and fake. Uh, you can read more about uh, this story, you know, where people breaks down what's real and what's fake um, on people.com, of course. And season five of The Crown is now streaming on Netflix. So Aaron, it's always so great to have you on. Thanks for stopping by to discuss all of this with me. Yeah, thank you. Coming up, it's raining men. Hallelujah. People's Michelle Corston is joining us to talk about some strapping young sexiest men alive featured in this week's SMA issue. But first, America voted yesterday and the results are still coming in, mainly because of people like me who waited until the last minute, but it still counts. And we're coming at you with an election update to help you be the most politically informed person at hump day happy hour tonight. So stay tuned. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are back, and it's time to talk about some big news that came out of yesterday's big election. There were a lot of groundbreaking firsts for our country. In Massachusetts, Maura Healey became the first openly lesbian governor in U.S. history. She'll also be the state's first female governor, as will Sarah Huckabee Sanders in her state of Arkansas. Maryland elected their first black governor, Democrat Wes Moore, and New Hampshire elected the first openly trans man to state legislature, with James Rosner winning his election bid. Gen Z also had their first major political victory, turning out for Maxwell Frost in Florida and electing the first member of their generation to the United States House of Representatives. Ooh, lots of firsts. And in a much smaller race, sending a big shout out to a college friend of mine, Rex Richardson, who is set to become mayor of Long Beach, California. Go Rex! Now, in other election news, Mehmet Oz, better known by his TV moniker Dr. Oz, lost his race for the Pennsylvania Senate seat to Democrat John Fetterman. It is believed that Oz had gained some momentum in recent weeks, and many pundits saw him as the frontrunner heading into yesterday's election. Oz, who served as the health expert on The Oprah Winfrey Show for five seasons and has controversial medical opinions, which include advocating for the treatment of COVID with anti-malarials, called Fetterman to concede the race this morning and released a statement that called for bipartisan collaboration in Pennsylvania moving forward. Fetterman's win flips Pennsylvania's Senate seat from red to blue. Now, of course, I'd be remiss not to mention the closely watched governor races in Florida and Georgia. In Florida, Republican Ron DeSantis won a second term as governor, leading many to speculate about presidential ambitions in 2024, which will be interesting to watch if fellow Floridian former President Donald Trump decides to throw his hat in the ring again. And in Georgia, Stacey Abrams lost her governor bid to Republican Brian Kemp 
Kemp in a much-anticipated rematch. While the voting activist was obviously disappointed in the outcome, Abrams stated that she will continue to fight for the people of Georgia, quote, whether we do it from the governor's mansion or from the streets. I don't know about you, but I am loving every angle coming out of this week's Sexiest Man Alive issue. And while the very sexy Chris Evans may have taken home top prize, there's a group of emerging talent worth honorable mention. So hang on tight because we're about to drop the top six sexiest fresh faces this side of Hollywood. And oh yeah, some of these studs have famous dads who we have awarded the sought after top title to in the past to give me the rundown on who made the cut in what we call Next Gen is People's Platforms Director, Michelle Corston. Hey, Michelle, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, Janine, I'm so excited. This is like our Super Bowl World Series every big sporting (laughs) metaphor ever. All the things. In our annual SMA issue, we always highlight the who's who in Hollywood and everyone who should, you know, be on your radar, especially those bright-eyed up-and-comers. And And on that list is 25-year-old Brooklyn Beckham. He definitely has his famous father's genes. Thank you very much, soccer star David Beckham, who brought home the SMA title in 2015. We can't forget. But what else about him makes him so sexy? He cooks. Like, that's a big one for me. And I think a lot of women, that's kind of his, like, career right now. But I think what people really love about Brooklyn is how obsessed with his new wife he is, Nicola Peltz. Like, he gushes about her constantly. I just think they're really lovey-dovey and sweet. And it doesn't hurt that he looks almost exactly like his father. Well, keeping up with the theme of being easy on the eyes are Dylan and Paris Brosnan. And you guessed it, their dad is Pierce Brosnan, who held the coveted SMA title back in 2001. And Dylan is 25 and Paris is 21. How did this eye-catching duo make the cut? Obviously, their dad was James freaking Bond, right? Like, he's a huge (laughs) star. But they are very down-to-earth. And even on our shoot, like, they seem so normal, which I think is very refreshing for some of these, like, nepotism babies. They're very, very humble. And they both have, like, a little bit of an artsy spin. They're, like, in the industry, very creative people. And above all, like, you can just tell that they really respect their parents who have an incredible, like, longtime love story, which is also very rare in Hollywood. And I'm just going to say, like, those cheekbones, that's really all all we need to look at. Love a strong cheekbone. Well, the apple didn't fall far from the tree for our next guy either. 25-year-old Michael Consuelos, who has a striking resemblance to his superstar dad and Riverdale actor Mark Consuelos. But I love this. Apparently, he didn't tell his parents he was a part of the issue. His mother, Kelly Ripa, found out in real time on her show, Kelly and Ryan, when Ryan Seacrest thumbed through the issue and pointed it out to her. Michael is one of the sexiest people alive. Are you kidding me? One of yours, the sexiest people alive. Next gen. (laughs) Now, he's taking after his father. There's no shirt. tell us so we pick up a couple of copies for the grandparents. (laughs) So what is it about Michael that makes him so perfect for this list? I love that moment where Kelly like legitimately had no idea that her son was (laughs) in this issue. And I mean, Michael, again, carbon copy of his father. But what really stuck out to us in doing the interview and the shoot was, again, like 
He is so normal. He talked a lot about how his two famous parents, they worked really hard to keep him grounded and make his childhood like as regular as possible. He's super humble, so respectful, incredibly polite. And yes, he's absolutely sexy, but he's also really close with his parents, which like what what woman doesn't want to see that? I just cannot get enough of this family. And when it comes to Kelly and Mark and just how lovey-dovey they are still to this day, I'm obsessed. Well, rounding out the list is someone who says he admires his dad's philanthropic efforts. 29-year-old Hopper Penn is the son of Oscar-winning actor Sean Penn, and he is giving bad boy vibes while sitting cool in this old-school red car in the issue. You guys have to check out the photos. But aside from that and his chiseled cheeks, (laughs) what is it about him that we could not resist? Well, I think he has his mom, Robin Wright, one of the most gorgeous women in the world, to thank for that bone structure. But I think the appeal of Hopper is not that different from his father. And then he's a bit of a bad boy. He definitely has had his demons that he's overcome. But we love like a story of someone persevering over like their personal troubles. He struggled with addiction and has come out on the other side and is committed like his dad to trying to make the world a better place. And a, a story arc like that, it's, it's like a movie. For sure. Well, Michelle, thank you so much for coming on. And guys, head over to our website to check out more on our Next Generation list and on newsstands, of course, Friday. Thanks, Michelle. Thank you. This last story is a little something to make you smile and maybe something you can tap your toes to. So you know how most dads are really corny and like not cool at all? (laughs) Well, that is certainly not the case for Zach Montana's dad. Zach's the 20-year-old son of former Boston drummer William Curley Smith. Back in February, Montana, who is a musician in his own right, was driving his dad's truck and listening to the CD that was in the player. And he was really enjoying the song that he was listening to, even though he had never heard it before. It was called Surrender to Me and had a really funky disco rock sound. And then it dawned on him, the vocals on the track were his dad's. But instead of being embarrassed, as 20-year-olds often are by their dads singing in a band, Montana took to TikTok, playing the track for his followers. And as Tony, one of my producers, said this morning, that song slaps. (laughs) Apparently, TikTok thought so too. The song, which was recorded 43 years ago, had initially been pitched by Smith to Motown Records. They passed. But in 2022, it now has 4 million streams on Spotify and a rousing endorsement by Grammy winner Megan Trainor, who threw support behind the jam saying, It's so good. But instead of thinking about the implications that the popularity of his song might have for the resurgence of his career, Smith is more focused on what the song might do for his son. Of his dad's reaction to the track going viral, Montana said, of course, my dad is more excited about what it means for me. He's like, this is going to get your music so much attention. That's the kind of person he is. Just a great dad who produced a great song. I personally am going to listen to it on repeat for the rest of the day. And it is my sincere hope that you do as well. Also, my hope that they are able to monetize all of these streams. Get to the bag, Dad. (laughs) That is the end of our show for today, which means I can officially send you into the last two days of your week. Be sure to tune in tomorrow to hang out with me again on People Every Day. Talk to you then. 